Well, what's going on, 412 family? This is M.A. Dozier, and we are in week three of breaking down 1 Timothy 412, which is our mission verse at Liberty Baptist Church for our youth. And it says this, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so we're in week three. We've already gone through kind of an overview of what Paul uh, was trying to tell the young Timothy uh, what it means to don't let anyone despise you because of your youth and what it means to set an example for the believers. Last week we talked about our speech and uh, what that means for us as believers and how we use our words, but not just our words, also our tone, uh, our body language, what we share on social media, and as well as our silence. And so this week we are getting into conduct. And uh, I think this this term conduct needs to be defined because I think a lot of people can um, take it a lot of different ways. But if you get into Webster's Dictionary, conduct is defined as the manner in which a person behaves, especially on a particular occasion. So we're going to be breaking that down a little bit today about what it means to set an example in conduct. But I'd like to say this, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, and the point of this podcast is to equip you as the parents to engage your students throughout the week with biblical conversation. And so we're going to break down exactly what I talk about to the students on Wednesday nights and then hopefully give you good key points and questions you can ask your kid in order to push forward the gospel of Christ. Because the truth of the matter is, you have been ordained to be the lead lead discipler in the lives of your children and we are here as helpmates and we are so excited to come alongside you but without further ado let's dive into conduct so conduct again the manner in which a person behaves especially on a particular occasion and the way I broke this down mentally was it is our attitude and our behavior inside our obedience so what do I mean by that well how we behave and, and doing what we are asked to do is one aspect of it. But our attitude and behavior in the way that we perform out that obedience or perform out that task is what conduct is. And so some questions I've been mulling over as I've been, rest, as I've been wrestling with the scriptures and, and really diving in. One thing I'll tell you this too. When I say wrestling with the scriptures or wrestling with a hard truth, I see that as a good thing. Um, so don't take that as a negative connotation that you're wrestling with something because I honestly think we all need to wrestle with the hard truths of Scripture. Um, it makes us stronger. It makes us better. And so just a clarification, when I say wrestle with something, um, I think that that's a good thing. I think every single one of us should wrestle with the hard truth of the gospel. So I've been wrestling with some things and asking questions. Um, and one of the questions I have is, why is it so much easier to have a good attitude and have good behavior in our obedience when it's something that is enjoyable and we want to do. So for instance, if uh, you ask me to go get an ice cream cone, if you're like, M.A., you need to obey me and go get an ice cream cone and come back and eat it. Man, I would leave. I'd have a great attitude. I'd be chipper. I would be quick to go do that. But if you ask me to do something like wash the dishes, you know, I may go do it, but my attitude and my behavior in doing that task probably would not be on the up and up. And so it's interesting, and we all know this as parents, you know, our kids, when we ask them to go do something they would enjoy doing, their attitude and behavior is so much drastically different than us asking them to go clean their room or whatever. So why is it so hard for us to obey our Heavenly Father with good attitudes? 
And I think really, parents, what we have to comprehend here is our relationship with our Heavenly Father um, is a direct reflection of our relationship with our kids. And so when we give our kids a command and how they respond, I'm going to flip that on us. And as parents, how are we responding to the commands of the Lord? When he asks us to go do something, when he has told us in Scripture, these these are the actions that are supposed to be lived out by a Christian. Are we doing it with a cheerful and a good attitude, or are we just kind of mundane in it and saying, well, it's just something I have to do? And so that that's a good perspective shift as far as we are children of God, and our children are our, you know, our responsibility to give commands to. But sometimes the truth is we as parents tell our kids to do something um, in a way not to not to retract them from any fun or retract them from having a good time or or you know not to be mean but we're doing it because we don't want them to get hurt or get in trouble right the same thing goes with scriptures and how god interacts with us like he has given us commands and precepts and instructions to follow and it's not because he is a god that doesn't want us to enjoy life it's because he is a god that wants to keep us protect us love us and have the best possible life we can have in john john in john 10 10 it talks about he wants us to live the abundant life well how do we do that and we do that by following what he has for us in scripture so here's a prime story for me from a couple years back um, actually the day before sixth grade in my life of a story that will kind of complement this and so it was the day before sixth grade and we were at the ball fields. My dad was my baseball coach uh, growing up for several years. And uh, we, the, where I grew up, we had a park. It was called City Park. And there was a field. The big field was up top. Uh, and then there was this long hill that went down. And the little fields were down there. And the city had just installed. They had these old cement steps that were there that had no hand railing. And so somehow in the last week or so, they had installed a brand hammer new 4x4 pressure treated banister that went all the way down that thing and the kid there was kids going to the top sliding down going to the top sliding down they were sliding all the way down that thing and I was like man that looks fun and my dad came to me he said hey man I have a quick coaches meeting but you do not get on that banister and you do not slide down it you hear me and I said yes sir no problem and but let me tell you what sitting there watching kid after kid after kid go down in my heart I was like wow what what really could happen? What what is what is the worst that can happen? One time won't hurt, right? And so I look around to see if my dad's around, and I don't see him. And so let me tell you, there had been like 150 kids that had gone down this thing. Well, uh, kid, they had probably gone down 150 times before me. And so I get there, I get up on that banister, and I start sliding down. And let me tell you what, it was the best ride of my life up until this point. Just flying down. I had hair then, so the wind was blowing through my hair. But I get about halfway down and something tragic happens. I feel the most painful pinch I've ever felt in my left butt cheek. And I come off that railing and I grab my butt cheek. I'm like, oh my goodness. And uh, I didn't know what exactly had happened at that time, but I knew, man, it hurt. And just about that time, my dad comes down. He's like, all right, man, you ready? Let's go. And uh, so I start limping up the hill. And he's like, what's up? What, what's going on? And I said, no, nothing, dad, nothing. I was trying to hold back tears try not to show him that you know anything was wrong because then he'd know I disobeyed him and to be honest with you I think he knew the whole time what had taken place but we walk all the way to the car I'm struggling I'm carrying my bat bag and 
Um, I'm pretty sure on the ride home, my dad intentionally hit every single pothole and bump he could find. And I was hurting. And by the time I got home, I was in tears. I couldn't contain myself. My dad was like, what's going on? And I broke down crying and said, Daddy, I went down that banister. And I, I don't know what happened, but I am hurting. So we get inside. My mom takes a look at it. And there is a long splinter hanging out of my left butt cheek. And so she grabs tweezers and she pulls it out. I scream. And she's like, all right, I think I got it all. And I, the next day, the next Monday, that Monday was the first day of sixth grade for me. So I'm so excited to go to middle school. And I get there, but I wake up and I'm hurting. And I go to school and I'm real tender. And that whole week of first sixth grade, I was sore. And I came home Friday, got off the bus, and I, I broke down and said, Mom, I said, something ain't right. I'm hurting. And so we go to the hospital and they take x-rays and look and they come to find out I have another five and a half inches of wood still stuck in my left butt cheek that has festered for a week. So they, they call for surgery. I do sur I'm getting prepped for surgery. And here's another thing that just, man, these are just part of the consequences of doing stupid things, right? But I had a, I had a crush in sixth grade and uh, I, I thought this girl was the bee's knees. Well, come to find out her mom worked in the ER and her mom was my charge nurse. And so when she gets in there, she's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I had to tell her that I was stupid and I have a splinter in my butt cheek. And uh, she's like, well, let me call Taylor and let her know you're here. And so the embarrassment just ensues, right? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, not only did I disobey my dad, but I got hurt. And the consequence of that was I had to hit every pothole on the way home. And then... <laughs> When we get home, we get it out, but for a week, I'm sore and I'm in pain, and so I have that consequence to deal with, and then I get to go actually get it fixed, and there's the consequence of embarrassment of my crush, my sixth grade crush, now knowing the, the idiocy of like I'm having surgery on my butt, um, and so I get that taken care of and get through that. Well, then they give me a donut that I got to sit on, so for the next week and a half at school, second week of sixth grade, I'm walking around school with a donut to sit down because I got stitches in my butt and then everybody's asking. And so here's the truth of the matter. If I had just obeyed my dad and just listened to him, I could have, you know, gone and not had to deal with any of that. But my own personal pride, my own personal, oh, I could do this one time won't hurt. So I disobeyed my dad. And the truth of the matter is my dad didn't say that because he didn't want me to have fun. My dad told me not to go down that banister because in his wisdom and his knowledge and his, you know, life's experiences, he knew something like that could probably happen. And so my dad had my best interest in mind, but I chose to disobey. So that kind of comes to our first verse that I want to talk about. And it's Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And it says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the land. And so here's the deal. As parents, you know, we want our kids to obey us. We do have times of wisdom that we impart to them and they don't listen. Um, but let me flip this on us parents. When it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Well, our Heavenly Father, are we in through our lives and our action and our conduct, are we obeying Him in a way that our kids can watch us following Jesus? And it says this, it says that this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. So if you go back to my story, man, I could have gone through a lot less pain, a lot less shame and a lot less hurt if I had just obeyed my father and done what he asked. 
And it says right there that you may live long in the land. So that is a promise from God. So what about God's commandments and, and our lives and instructions? You know, where do we find those? Well, a lot of people say 10 commandments, and that is that is 100% correct. The 10 commandments are a great start. But really, in reality, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, Jesus is, and God are totally encompassing us with instruction and wisdom and discernment of what it looks like to live this life of following after Christ. And it's not because he wants to have control over us. It's because he loves us and he wants us to live the abundant life that that you read about in John 10, 10. So here's the thing we must ask as parents. Do we do we claim to love the Lord? And this is one question I've asked your kids is raise your hand if you would say you love God. Well, we, I think we would all say, yeah, I love God. I know God. I love him and all that. Well, here's the thing. Jesus confronts this head on in John chapter 14, verse 15. And he says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So as parents, as people that are the ordained to be the lead disciples in the lives of our children, are we truly following Christ, not just with our words, but with our actions so that our kids see it and what our actions and our actions line up with our words and therefore they will follow that model. Again, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. One of the biggest downfalls of the evangel modern evangelical church is people say they love the Lord, but they do not follow what he says. And really, I don't think it's out of malicious intent. They're not like, yeah, I ain't going to do that. It's because they just don't know what God, what God's standard and what he's asking us to do. And the way you get that is you get into God's word and you dive in for yourself and you find out what he is calling each and every one of us to do. And the truth of the matter is, if we say that we love him, we will keep his commandments. Jesus also said in Luke 6:46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? And so he is confronting that head on. And as parents, we need to acknowledge that in our own lives is the life we're living in front of our kids is the conduct that we claim to have as Christians. Is it matching the words we speak and is it lining up with the scriptures in which God has laid out as far as his uh, intentions and his uh, commandments for us? So here, here's something I just wrote down in my notebook is if we believe in Jesus and trust that he loves us and has our best in mind and tells us that he will care for us, should we not do what he asks? Most of the time when, when we as parents tell our kids to do things, Again, it's not because we do not love them. It's because we love them and want the best for them. And so the same goes for a heavenly father who in reality loved us so much that he gave his only son Jesus to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could live eternally with him if we surrender our life to him. So the question I have for us as parents is through our conduct, through our life, are we live, living an example to our kids of what it means to follow Jesus? Then on the flip side, as parents, how can you then take the gospel and the truth that comes in God's word and start having conversations with your children about what God's expectations are and what he has called us to do and what are what is the conduct in which we are supposed to live out? See, I think that's the thing Paul is telling Timothy. Paul was not telling him, hey, have good conduct when it's all good and, and nothing, you know, you like what you're doing and, and all that. No, I'm pretty sure Paul was pointing out his conduct because things were going to be hard. Things were going to be challenging. People were going to oppose him. People were going to be against him. And Paul's like, hey, Timothy, you can set an example through your conduct, even through these hard things. 
is that the life that we are showing to our children? When things get hard, they know that we can fully trust on the Lord. So some verses that I'll close with is this, Colossians 1.10. It says this, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So that's the question right there. As parents, are we showing our kids how to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him? The, the, the plain and simple truth is, Jesus said, If you love me, you will do what I say. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, which is our memory verse for week 3, is this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, are we imitating God through our conduct? Are we imitating God and what his instructions and commands are to us? so that our kids can see what it truly means to follow Jesus. Again, that's our memory verse for this week, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. That's something as a family you could start diving in and uh, memorizing that. And I'm going to close with this one verse here. It's in Matthew 15, 8 through 9, and Jesus is talking. And this is my prayer. My prayer is that this verse does not define us at Liberty Baptist Church, and this verse does not define us as the body of Christ worldwide. But Jesus said this, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. My prayer is that that has never been told about us. That when we speak something, our conduct follows that and there is proof that we love Jesus because we are doing what he says. Now y'all have a great week. I'm praying for the conversations you will have with your children. Um, and I am so excited about continuing down this path of breaking down 1 Timothy 4.12. Next week we will be in love. And what does that mean? Y'all stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing forward.